Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. That's the second time it's gone off. Never go home, they never go home, they never go home, those, those, those boys. And I said, I want to win the league, but I want to win it better. You can understand that, can't you? Yes. Good luck. So he's almost like having a second captain in the team. <laughs> second captain, first captain, whatever. You're very welcome along to an extra edition of Setting Captains at the Irish Times. If you're looking for this week's full programme, whether you're on iTunes or SoundCloud, scroll down to the July 2nd offering. Lots of great stuff on that, but we're in again today because of the Warren Gatlin... Yeah. No, forget about what, the, the betrayal, though, and just call it what it is. The, the betrayal. Bombshell I was going to go for. Well, no? okay. well, I mean, it's that. It's, it's, it's a lot of things, going, to be honest. I mean, I think it's, it's probably the most shocking thing that's ever happened. <laughs> I mean, it was my birthday yesterday. I turned 31. I think this is the most traumatic experience of my entire life. Waking up this morning, trying to get come to terms with you know the the new agedness that's on me, and then I have to read this. I have to read this. It was quite helpful to me actually, uh, Kieran. Rather, when I woke up and, and sort of you know groped over from my phone and sort of started scrolling down, looking at it with one eye because the screen is that close to my short sighted eye. I can only <laughs> use one eye at a time to read the, uh, you know, and, and I see O'Driscoll. Wow, what? And then. You know, reading down through this story, it doesn't isn't really seem to be any justification. But then he's not even on the bench. No. I was I was wondering what is it? Re- would it be really insulting to put him on the bench or something? I thought surely it would be better if he's on. The, he's not even on the bench. Well, the argument there is that Tuilagi is potentially a more versatile player. But I'm I mean, he's not. You know, he's not Billy Twelve Trees. I mean, Tuilagi is. You know, going to he's going to get the ball. He's going to run seven, straight seven in whatever position he's in. I don't really. Bench. I don't really see that there's any change of style with Tuilagi, whereas O'Driscoll offers. Well, he's a better rugby player than him. Warren Gatlin delivered the news this morning and uh, we'll hear what he has to say now about how Brian O'Driscoll reacted to being dropped. This morning, obviously, he was disappointed as, as anyone is uh, disappointed, uh, but he, he appreciated the fact that he was spoken to before the announcement and uh, um, it's uh, you know, just first time any, any coach has ever had that decision with, with him in 15 years of rugby, so you know, it's not easy for that to be the first time but you know he's he's still going to be very important for us for the next 72 hours in terms of his experience and leadership it's always close calls um for us a few players coming back from injury and uh for quite a few of the positions as well um 
know, between the first and the second test, they were, they were toss-up decisions as well. So, yeah, it was uh, um, quite a lively meeting that we had with the coaches last night in terms of um, going through and making the final selection. It was tough, but uh, you know we've come up with what we think is a side that's good enough to do the job on Sunday. Incredible to hear Gatlin there talking about this being the first time that O'Driscoll has ever been dropped. It really is a big deal in that sense. Eddie O'Sullivan, I'm delighted to say, joins us now to talk a bit about this. Eddie, can you see from a coach's point of view uh, any great logic to this decision? Well, there seems to be just one logic to it. Um, he's going with a midfield that is just going to bat other way through the Australians. I mean, Jonathan Davies and Jimmy, Jimmy Roberts are two big units and they have uh, George North on the wing and Tommy Bowe and they're just going to go after Australia physically. Now, if you're trying to do that, uh, run over people, Bernard Driscoll wouldn't be the first choice, but that's a very one-dimensional approach to, to the game. And and he may have signaled already to Australia, he may have tipped his hand to how he's going to try and beat them. It hasn't worked in the first two weeks. You have to ask the question, will it work in the third week, though that's that's just one dimension to it. If you take all the other stuff O'Driscoll brings to the game, I mean, uh, his defence last week was absolutely outstanding. He had 12 tackles in the game, which is a lot for a centre. That's more like what a flanker would make. And he didn't miss any tackles. Whereas Jonathan Davies um, missed three tackles um, and missed a crucial tackle, which led to the try that cost him the game. So he's looking at this in a one-dimensional way, and then you have the leadership part with, you know, with with um, with Paul O'Connell uh, gone and and uh, and uh, Lydia, or um, not sorry, Lydia, but uh, um, the, the Welsh captain gone. Oh, yes. it's, it's, Sam yeah, it's, gone it's as just well, yeah. it just beggars belief that they're going out with one of the most without one of the most experienced captains in the game of rugby. Um, I mean, O'Driscoll's captaincy is. Is second to none, and and he's the most experienced captain in the squad. So to go into the final test without him, based what I can see on the facts, just want to batter people is to me, you know, doesn't make a ton of logic. Well, you do wonder, I suppose, Eddie, what the whole point of having a year to prepare for the Lions tour and possibly even longer. What what was he putting into that time? If what he ends up coming up with when the pressure is on is just a bunch of Welsh players who are going to bash the ball up the middle. Well, you see, it's kind of when the pressure's on, you know, they're returning to type. Like, Wales have won a couple of grand slams in a championship playing this type of rugby, you know, of, of big physical runners and, and winning collisions. And they that's the way the tour has played. In all their games up to now, including the first two tests, they've tried to physically dominate their opposition. The problem was, and it didn't look like a problem at the time, is they were dominating every team up until the first test because the teams they were playing against weren't up to snuff, you know, and they were just running over them. And everything was working swimmingly well. So they've tried to run over Australia in the first two tests. Now, they almost managed it um, uh, to a degree, but Australia are getting stronger and getting more aware of what the Lions are bringing to the party. And you would have thought this week, of all things, that the Lions would have to bring some sleight of hand and not just try and batter Australia. They may still achieve that. You know, Australia are not a very strong team at the moment, and they are struggling with injuries. Um, but there's no real surprises here. If Robbie Deans is sitting down tonight to put together a game plan to play Australia or to play the Lions, Australia are not going to, you know, spend too much time awake at night worrying about anything strange that's going to come out of the out of the wrapper, you know. Eddie, on a personal level, you've worked with Brian O'Driscoll for many years, and you might have as good an insight into how he works as anybody. How do you think 
he'll be looking at things at the moment. He's a team player, we notice, but this is a guy who has worked unbelievably hard to get back to where he's at, to have one last go at the Lions tour. The final test isn't going to happen for him. Is he going to be able to put on a brave face around the place? Well, I mean, look, Brian is an extraordinary character on and off the field, and he's, he's a phenomenal professional. He'll take this on the chin, but he'll be absolutely devastated. There's no question about it. I mean, like, for him to go out on Saturday and lead the Lions and win a test series would be the ultimate, you know, icing on, on, a, on a phenomenal career. But it's not going to happen now. And the notion that he's going to have some leadership role, you know, around the team, even when he's not in the 22, is, is just kind of asinine. I mean, what he will do now is he will have to step back, and he will step back. He, you know, if he do, if he doesn't have a role on the field, he's not going to have a role around. They've the kept team, Paul O'Connell sure. around, though, even though O'Connell is out with injuries, so it'll not be similar to Driscoll that he can do a little well, bit of talking. You've got to wonder how they contribute. You know, like you've got you've got to give Alan Wynne Jones his head. You know, you've got to give Alan Wynne Jones the opportunity to lead the team, and they won't be on the field. You know, it's all very fine to be talking about leadership off the field, but. When the chips are down on Saturday, Paul O'Connell and Brian O'Driscoll will be sitting wearing their suits in the stand. So, you know, and, and, and the furore around Brian being left out now will just kind of make his presence around the team very awkward. Paul is different. Paul got injured. There's a slightly different dynamic around the fella getting injured and not being available through injury. But the fact that he was dropped and dropped out to 22. And, and again, if you look at the, the, the replacement, um, in terms of, of where Gatlin has gone, he's put into a Lange, you know, which is, again, you see as another battering ram coming off the bench with 20 minutes to go if Australia are flagging. So, to me, that's, that seems to be the whole logic behind leaving Brian out, which to me is a very one-dimensional view on, on what he can bring to the party. Do you think the Lions can win it without him, Eddie? It's always possible, but I think their, their chances go down without him. That's my view. Um, and... I think, you know, where they may get over the game line a bit better if they're just going to battle the Australians, they may pay a price on defence because uh, Jonathan Davies is not as good a defender um, as Brian O'Driscoll. And certainly um, Tuolangi is, is, is a very poor defender in the midfield, makes lots of bad reads um, against a smart team like Australia. That could really bite the lines on the backside at the end of the day. OK, Eddie, listen, brilliant stuff. Thanks very much for chatting to us. Cheers. Eddie O'Sullivan there. Some interesting points. Uh, tactically, above anything else and I think it's fair enough there's no point being too emotive about this and getting too worked up uh, clearly everybody all Irish people mm. want their Driscoll to be in the team and we are going to get that way yeah. everyone wants to see him there but just the way Eddie analysed it quite clinically there t- 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 there's a bit of a worry here about how the Lions are going to actually go without Brian O'Driscoll yeah and I, I think there's um, I saw a few stats even just on Twitter this morning that he's the most he's the player with the most tackles Without having missed one in the entire uh, in the entire series so far, um, I mean the guy just offers so much, and I mean there is obviously the temptation here to wander into John Delaney asking for us to be the thirty third team in the World Cup kind of territory <laughs> here, and but I mean it, it's it's fair en- it's fair enough on all the reasons that Eddie has outlined there, and also just the f- the fact that this guy is being robbed of the chance to end his career uh, with the Lions on the sort of ultimate high. Yeah, I suppose that can't be the coming to the coach's way of thinking when he's deciding on what to put out there, what players to put out there, Ken. But just going back to what Gatland was saying there about how important O'Driscoll <laughs> is going to be over the next 72 hours. Who will even be able to make eye contact with Brian O'Driscoll over the next 72 hours? If you were another one of those players in that squad, would you be able to look at him? It's like a, it would be almost like a funeral. You know, that sort of way you go up to somebody at a funeral and you you sort of anxious, you don't really want to look, you, what, what can you even say? 
you know, you sort of pat them on the on the shoulder, you say, you know, I'm sorry for your trouble, and you sidle away as quickly as you can. I don't really see the contribution he can make. The, the contribution Gatland is asking him to make is to keep his mouth shut for the next 72 hours. I don't know about the two of you, but it certainly, for me, makes it more difficult to get excited about this Saturday. And I know people will say, oh, it's ridiculous, it's totally one-eyed and there are still Irish players in there. And of course, you'd love to see Johnny Sexton and, and uh, Tommy Bow and these players win a Lion series. That would be great. But so much of it, when you're watching sports, so much of it is about watching your favourite players, the guys you've been used to for so many years, the guys you'd have the most respect for, having the chance to do what they do at the very highest level, which is what O'Driscoll worked his way back up to. And to see him lead, potentially captain the Lions to a series victory would have been absolutely extraordinary. Now that he's not there, I think it's only natural for it to be somewhat deflated, the whole oh, experience. Well, it's, everyone is there. It's like Eamon Dunphy wearing his Cameroon tie. You know, this is... Who cares at this stage? You know, so, sorry about the other players, but, uh, you know, when you've got a sort of... Betray- it would feel wrong to cheer on a team like Do that. Do the Irish people now actually support Australia? Uh, I think so. The Irish people, I say. Uh, uh, the people, the, the Irish people I've been talking about. Ken is like De Valera. You, uh, lo- if uh, Ken looks into his heart, he knows what the people of Ireland will want. We're hoping we're not being too one-eyed about this uh, Brian O'Driscoll decision, so we're going to ask a former England international, Jeff Probin, what he thinks of that and a couple of the other issues at play. Jeff, first of all, O'Driscoll dropped, not even on the bench. What do you make of it? Well, I think from, from an English point of view and from uh, a player's point of view, it's, it's a bit of a strange decision, particularly because if you look at what... The test so far, Driscoll's been the player who's brought the most innovation to the line side. He shows a lot of his skills, his ability to, to break tackles, to create space. Um, and it would have been good to have seen him rekindle that relationship with Jamie Roberts that made Jamie Roberts such a, a big name on the last line test. Are you shocked and surprised about it? Because I asked that question. I know Clive Woodward, amongst others, had actually called for this to happen. Maybe we ignored it to a certain extent in the Irish media, but some people were calling for O'Driscoll to be dropped so that Davies and Roberts could partner each other. Well, I think, I think you know, what, what, what you're looking at there is, is that uh, Gatlin's trying to play a combination side. So he's playing a combination that he knows works, that he's seen has worked for Wales. Um, but that's not taking into consideration the quality that Adriscoll brings to a game. Um, yes, Adriscoll's getting a bit longer in the tooth than he used to be, but he, he still has all the guile and skill. I think that Gatland is, is trying to play a power game against the Australians. And realistically, if, if we're honest, it's, it's not something that the Australians find that difficult to deal with. They play against South Africa every year in the, in the championship, um, and the South Africans are the kings of the power game. Jeff, uh, Brian O'Driscoll himself has, has only said a couple of things on Twitter since this news came out, obviously saying he's, he's devastated and so on. He did respond, though, to Matt Guido, who, who said to him, gee, dropping Brian O'Driscoll out of the team is a huge call. For, for me, he's been the standout unsung hero this series, defensively huge. So O'Driscoll said, you know, thanks for that. But, you know, if, if Guido's right about that, what is it about the two performances that O'Driscoll's put in so far that Warren Gatland has found wanting? To be honest, I, I don't know. I, I think that um, it's it's not so much the performances of Driscoll that you sound wanting. It's the it's the whole backline. The backline, when we've looked at the Lions, haven't actually offered much of a threat. You know, even if we go back to the first test and you look at the first test, uh, the try, the great George try, uh, George North try, was a complete solo effort from a, a, a loose kick from the Australians. Uh, there's been no real build-up play, partly 
in a way because the the forwards haven't dominated as people expected them to, and losing uh, losing Paul O'Connell has made that situation worse. Um, at least bringing Sean O'Brien into the back row has, has given an extra bit of power to the to the uh, Lions back row. But we're we've not got that powerhouse in the second row that what Paul O'Connell would have provided. Losing him is a major blow to the to the Lions, I think. Jeff, we're, we're not the only country who feels a little bit aggrieved by the selection process for this test. Only two Englishmen to make way for all these Welsh guys playing, and your boys are on the verge of a Grand Slam only a few months ago. Well, it's true, but the fact is that England is still a side in development. There's a lot of players who who uh, are still on the fringes and not performing well. I mean, Manitou Lange is, is a very powerful runner. He's a straight-line runner, but he... And so he fits into the mould that Gatlin wants to see in this test, which is probably why he's on the bench. But his skill levels are nowhere near the levels of, of a Brian O'Driscoll. Um, we've got to say Tom Youngs is quicker around the field than Hibbard, but by losing the, the power and the strength of O'Connell in the second row, he's had to bulk up his front row. Uh, and in bulking up his front row, he's taken the Hibbard choice as, as opposed to Youngs. That's where I'd see that aspect. I think that Corbusario has shown that he's a lot better as a loose, as a technical loose head than um, Vinopola. And so Vinopola dropping to the bench is a kind of uh, an understandable choice. But uh, Ben Youngs, I didn't think, lived up to expectation in last week's test, and, and that's why he's out of it. I think Conor Murray's shown that when he's come on the field, he's actually played a better all-round game than probably even Mike Phillips. Uh, if I'm honest, and I would have started with Conor Murray, but that's uh, that's a, a purely personal choice. Do you think the slabs of meat are going to do it on Saturday? Are they going to win? Uh, to be honest, until I saw the selections and I, and I saw the changes that have been made, I thought that the Lions had a good chance of winning this. I actually think it's going to be a lot closer now that uh, Gatlin's chosen uh, 10 Welshmen uh, that the Australians know they can beat. Okay, fair enough, Jeff Robin. Great to talk to you. Thanks so much. That's former England international Jeff Probin there. Let's get straight over to Sydney to get some eyewitness reaction uh, to this crime of selection by talking to Jerry Thornley, Irish Times rugby correspondent. Jerry, great to chat to you. How you doing? Uh, Jerry, the the reaction amongst the press corps when Warren Gatlin walked in with his captain, who turned out to be Alan Wynne Jones. Yeah, word got out beforehand. A few of us have heard a whisper, right, that Alan Wynne Jones is going to be captain. That nothing really stays completely secret any, anymore. So, yeah, there were one or two gasps. I think um, uh, many in the room, uh, some in the room certainly had, had heard wind of this this being a likelihood. So, um, yeah, it certainly caused quite a tremor, and it's certainly been the main discussion. As one English writer put it, Brian O'Driscoll is bigger than any one country. Um, so it's not just strictly the Irish who raised their eyebrows over this one. It's everybody and the, and the Australians and Loads of people, yeah, it's been undoubtedly the main talking, almost overshadowed everything else. Yeah, we've heard from Warren Gatton a little bit earlier on, but you've been following him closely over the entire tour, so I don't know how much you can read into what he says or what he doesn't say. Um, Could you get any real sense from Gatland whether he was disappointed with O'Driscoll's performances so far, or was it, as it seems to be, just a case of trying to beef up the midfield with Jamie Roberts? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a, there's a, he didn't give too much away, to be honest. Um, he said it was very much a rugby decision, and I'm no doubt that it is. Um, he's trying not to be sentimental about it. He's trying to do what he believes is right uh, to win this test match. 
Um, and he spoke of taking O'Driscoll aside beforehand, which is a curse he deserved and so forth. There's no doubt that they needed Roberts back in there, even though you could argue that Roberts hasn't had a vintage tour either, but that they've been seriously lacking in go-forward, badass ball-carrying, whatever you want to call it, from the back row and from number 12, which is where mostly it comes from, and is a very integral part of a Warren Gatlin style of game. Um, Roberts and is now available, so he was always likely to come back into the mix to freshen up the team, and there was always likely to do a few other changes. Um, this left a straight choice from Jonathan Davies and Brian O'Driscoll. As even O'Driscoll said before the first test, had, had all the centres been available, it would have been a very interesting selection, and he probably cast more doubt um, on his own performance and his selection chances for this in the aftermath of the second test, both on the pitch, in an interview with Will Green with the Sky, and subsequently spoke to the assembled media here in Noose on Sunday. You could see there was a, a bit of doubt creeping into him. It wasn't just the disappointment of missing out on a series win last Saturday in Melbourne. Um, so he he might not have been entirely shocked or surprised by this, but I think it's a rugby decision. Whether it's the right one or not, it's very hard to view this dispassionately on when you're Irish because you know we're talking about Ireland's greatest ever rugby player who's never been dropped in 15 years by Leinster Lions or Ireland or anybody and Warren Gatlin the coach who granted him his first test cap 14 summers ago in this very country has now made that decision you have to say it's a brave decision we might not I'm sure the vast majority of Irish rugby supporters and sports fans don't agree with it so it's very hard to be cold and analytical and dispassionate about this personally I think it's wrong you know I think if you go through the performance in the second test, Jonathan Davis um, made seven tackles, missed three. Uh, Brian was the highest tackling um, back in that second test with 13 tackles, missed none. You look at the last 10 minutes and the faithful points nearly all involved Jonathan Davis, his knock-on, his missed tackle and Toby Falatau from the ensuing counter-attack, and then most faithfully of all, his missed tackle on Adam Ashley Cooper. And then, okay... Whatever about their doubts about Brian O'Driscoll's form, there's no doubt he doesn't have the Walton O'Driscoll breaks from his own half that he had 12 years ago here. But he's got so much experience, so much desire to win, so much leadership. I mean, one of the reasons that Sam Warburton was picked to captain the side was because of his good relationship with the referees, and particularly Craig Joubert. I mean, that's one of the things that Warren Gatlin cited. Well, I think even Romain Plot, even Romain Plot, would have a little bit of respect for Brian O'Driscoll if he has respect for anybody. He's the first European referee we've had in the three tests. And instead, um, the lines have gone with Alan Wynne-Jones, who I think I'm right in saying has only ever been out for the captaincy once in Warren Gatlin's watch at Wales, and which time Gethin Jenkins, Ryan Jones, Matthew Rees and Sam Warburton have all had more extended stays of the job. You look at the team sheet, and Warren got a little bit angry, I think, about me questioning this. You know, if you go into the first test with three Lions captains, one current, two former, you go into the third test with none. His leadership not a question. He doesn't think so, and today he was saying the captaincy is a little overrated. Given what you've said there, Jerry, I'm sure Warren Gatlin knows exactly how many tackles all his players made. He's seen the footage of all the incidents that you mentioned. So if it was a, a straight choice between uh, Davis and O'Driscoll, why has he chosen Davis? Well, you have to say that Warren Gatlin and his assistants, Rob Howley, Neil Jenkins, and um, Graham Roundtree and Andy Farrell, would all have looked at this in much greater forensic detail and the assembled media put together. That's just their job. They would have to have done this. They would not have made this decision likely. So you have to make some allowance for that. I do think, though, it's not unreasonable to suggest that there's a comfort factor in going what you know. I mean, the fact of the matter is that Warren Gatlin is the head Wells coach. Rob Howley is the assistant Welsh coach. Neil Jenkins is the Welsh kicking coach. And they picked a starting team with 10 Welshmen in it. And that leaves you open to the charge of being biased or at any rate alienating the other countries in what is meant to be, you know, a comp composition of four countries. It does leave itself open to charge, but 
I mean, I think Davies gives him a left foot kicking game. He's got an established partnership with um, Jamie Roberts for his Brian O'Driscoll's partnership with Jamie Roberts really only dates back to the test series of four years ago, the tour of four years ago, and not since then. And so, you know, for these reasons, they have their reasons. You know, they think that Davies gives him, like I said, a left foot kicking option, a balance with Jamie Roberts, and so on and so forth. Um, and you have to say that, yeah, you, you can't... I think it is a, a genuine rugby decision. I, I mean, I think it's made with the best intention to win him. You look, the proof will be in the pudding. We'll know on Saturday. If they win, I think he will, they will stand vindicated to a large degree. But if they don't win, and if, to bear in mind, Wales have lost their last eight tests to the Australia, I think five of them by one score. So it's not that they've been close. They've all been close. If they go down even narrowly again with two-thirds of the team Welsh, then you'd have to say that... You know, they'll have resorted type and come up short. And I think Warren Gatland will forever be associated with this decision. Yeah, um, it could be seen, as a, be seen not to have worked. It could be seen as a coach losing his nerve, really, by going back to absolutely back to basics. Jerry, as you talk about there, back to what he actually knows rather than trying to forge something new. And this is not supposed to be uh, a Welsh team plus a couple of other players. But I guess that's just the way it is at the moment. We haven't even mentioned Jamie Heasip, who we probably would be talking about were it not for the O'Driscoll bombshell. Is Heasip a little unlucky himself? I think he's a better player than Toby Falatau, but then I'm biased. I'm Irish, you know what I mean? And I watch him a lot more than I watch Toby Falatau. I, I think uh, Jamie Heasip offers so much more in the nitty-gritty, closer in, defensive break, breakdown work. But... Um, and he's, you know, he started the, the last five Lions tests. Now the Wales are going, and I'm sorry, I beg your pardon, Freudian slip. The Lions are going into the third test, mm-hmm. taking a punt on an untried player at this level uh, instead of a more experienced player. So there's quite a lot of experience and leadership going here. You know, the, the Lions have now lost their current captain, their last two former captains, a four-time tourist in Brian O'Driscoll, and now they're sacrificing a two-time uh, tourist who's also the re- current Irish captain for um, a non-captain, relatively quiet player, um, fine athlete, great carry on his day. Um, again, I think they need some ballast going forward. I think Sean O'Brien should have been in the mix for the first test. I think that was a serious omission, just about some balance off the bench. Um, you could see that when he came on, even a little bit at the weekend, that he did add more go forward. They've been chronically lacking that from the back row and at 12. It's been the, probably the biggest shortfall in the team, so they're trying to rectify that. Uh, Again, it's very hard to be not see this through green tinged glasses, but I think I think Jamie Heaslip gives more in a team. And I think as well that Jamie Heaslip and Sean O'Brien together with Phillips and I'm not I agree with Jeff Program, you cannot call Mike Phillips a form selection. He has not been on form at all. Whether been troubled by a knee injury, Will Genya look made him look like he was running in quicksand, jogging on the spot um for the first try that he set up for Israel Fallow. You could definitely argue that Conor Murray's been the form pick, form player of the scrum halves and he deserves his place at the bench. But I just think if Jamie Heaser was there with Sean O'Brien, you think back to Eden Park, what the two of them did with Jamie with uh, Stephen Ferris on Will Genya was critical to Ireland beating Australia at Eden Park. You know, the Irish players know how to beat Australia in the Southern Hemisphere. They've done it. It was largely predicated on the master plan of stopping Will Genya. All right, Jerry Thorny, brilliant stuff. Thanks a million for chatting to us about that. I think most people seem to be in agreement that the Driscoll decision is a little bit odd. Ken, you're not 100% convinced that Gatlin has totally lost his mind, though. Well, he must have some reason, is all. I, I think can, the reason seems really clear, think. and that is that they had to get Jamie Roberts back. And what I find incredible is that their entire attacking game plan appears to be centred, despite all the months that they had in preparation, everything is centred around a big centre 
busting it up the middle. I mean, Kevin Maggs surely was on holiday. Murphy would have been probably fitter than Jamie Roberts is. <laughs> if Rob Henderson was, if, if are, only his phone were there off are, there the are, first two There tests. are a few injured players now. You've got a, you've got a front row player in Corbacero who whose calf is causing him a problem, which isn't great for a front row player. You've got an issue with Jamie Roberts as well. There's probably three or four players carrying injuries into this one. So I'd yeah. be a bit concerned. I don't know. I mean, Jerry there said, I think it, it was a brave decision, you know, but you know, after this game is over, Warren Gatlin's no longer be the Lions coach, but he will still be the Wales coach. So, how brave is it really? I mean, ultimately, you're just Actually taking the very, very taking that view beyond bit. the next 72 hours. And uh, who do I really have to keep up here? Who are you up for again? You going for the Aussies, the Qantas Wallabies, or the uh, HSBC Lions? No, I'm, I'm going. For, I'm going for the Qantas uh, Wallabies, Qantas James O'Connor and the lads. I mean, it, sh- it shows, I suppose, this how how fragile this whole idea of the Lions is. I mean, I don't know how excited you ultimately get about the Lions. I mean, different, different people have differing levels of excitement about the I concept. But really, it's more about cheering on your own players game. within the context yeah. of this, you know, so, so-called alliance. Really, everyone just wants to see their own players do well and, and receive the glory and, and actually look better. Really, the competition, in a sense, is against the other Lions players Murph, in one way. Have you lost a bit of passion for the Lions? Oh, at, at the moment, I'm going to probably say that I'd be shouting for Australia. But I think when... Saturday morning comes I'll make a decision I'll, I'll look into my heart at that stage this and isn't see because I like Shoney O'Brien we're talking about an Australian sports team here let's settle down for a second we really really want well, to cheer no we're on. not talking about an Australian sports team we're actually talking about Warren Gatland winning and I have to decide whether I want Warren Vindication Gatland vindication for Warren to, Gatland yeah, exactly yeah Warren Gatland possibly the greatest coach in the history of sport if, if he wins us hard. Let's just think of that for a minute. All right, hope you enjoyed today's programme. It was an extra show that we brought to you just to react to what was a fairly sensational team selection by Warren Gatlin. Loads of other great stuff in our main programme this week. We check in with the London footballers. Amazing story from the Tour de France, which we picked out of the 100-year history of the race. Shane Horgan and Trevor Hogan with loads more thoughts on the rugby and plenty more besides. So if you're, if you're on iTunes or on the Irish Times website, just scroll down to the July 2nd programme there and have a listen and enjoy. Take care. That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home, they never go home, they never go home, those, those, those boys.